Milan. This is great watching, isn't it? This is great material. <laughs> Me stalling. Oh, we're actually live. I didn't even realize we were live. Yeah, we are live right now. I would have said words. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yati Crucial. I'm joined by Marty Sliver. Hey, all. And uh, I think there's a sense in the industry, and certainly in the escapist office, that the 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 drought is officially over, and we're settling yes. into big old AAA drop drop time. I've uh, got my Plague Tale Requiem view coming out. I got Gotham Knights to start on this afternoon. Yeah, I just saw, and uh, the Mario, the new Mario Rabbids game is coming out in a few days, and we're gonna have Sonic. We love that oh, man. He goes oh. so fast. Oh blimey! Yeah, looking forward yeah. to that one. And uh, but you know, it's uh, tempting to just write off the summer now that all the big knobs are back. But uh, we've both been playing a lot of random indies, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we have. And there's there's actually been like a decent amount of of standout games that we haven't yeah. really had like platforms to talk about and that you might not have you know dedicated ZPs to and everything. Yeah, a lot of quite a few significant games, and I was because. The drought was pretty bad this year. I was playing tons of little games that I never ended up doing a review of. So I thought, rather than like say to Indies, "Hey, fuck you, big knobs are back. We never liked you at all." Ha ha. I thought perhaps we could pay tribute to a year of Indies as we uh, move back into the AAA coverage season. I would, I would absolutely love to, and yeah, I don't know about your picks. I know I'm straying away from some of the ooh stray. That was a that was a pun I did not intend. But straying away from some of the games that we've obviously like you and I have talked a bunch about stuff like Neon White and mm. and the aforementioned Stray, and I, you know I've I've done video essays on stuff like Tunic, and we covered Sifu earlier in the year. So these are gonna be more things we haven't, at least for me, haven't dedicated a a ton of time to. Sure. I uh, spent the last 15 minutes busily populating a list of games I played and didn't review this year. More than enough to do like a end-of-year ZP, wrapping up the significant ones as well, actually, but uh, they're useful for our purposes here. Yeah. Quite a few, actually. Uh, uh, yeah, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just go back and forth? I'd, each I'd... each <clears throat> recommend one? I guess I'm just going to list them off. I'm going to list off everything I played. Oh my god, that's so many games. Some of these are only going to have like little things to say about. Yeah. So, I've, I've uh, put them in like reverse chronological order. Or chronological order? Uh, in order of the order that I played them in this year. So gotcha. yes, chronological order. Starting with Norco. Did you play Norco? I did not, uh, and and many people have recommended it to me. It's a, uh, isn't it a like a, a point and click adventure game that takes place in Louisiana? Yes, sort of a first person point and click in the classic sense of games like Manhunter. Okay, uh, where you're in a room and you click on the things that you look at, and it's doing an interesting sort of uh, futuristic, but still grounded in uh, the like realities of people on the poverty line in like midwestern and uh poorer areas of the united states does it stick to um realism or is it sort of like kentucky route zero where it tries to tell those stories while also you know dipping I'd into the fantastic it's like a, magical yeah it's realistic up to a point i guess it's, it's a cyberpunk yeah. as well it's oh, okay a bit cyberpunk it's like the kind of setting you'd expect you know like a 
low budget gritty film about poverty in the midwest but with added elements of you know everyone's got a robot and mm-hmm. things like that and uh, little, did you i, I know you've called... had some uh you've had some some issues with certain point and click adventure games from this year uh do you think this one was more successful than something like monkey island um I didn't really I didn't ever really slow down in terms of like trying to figure out puzzles and shit. It was usually pretty okay. clear, just uh movements, but it was interest it was interesting setting you don't usually see much of. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I, I was sort of a bit noir as well. Sort of noir. Remind me of like uh, the original, the first series of True Detective a bit. Sort of noir set in the... Ooh, I like that. Uh, slightly fantastical uh, Deep America setting. Okay. I can get behind that. So there's, that's a, there's, yeah. I, not a huge recommend, but most of these aren't going to be huge recommends. That's why I didn't, yeah, didn't review them. So you want to, you want to, you got a list of your own? You want to give one off your list? Yeah, yeah, I'll gladly give off one. Uh, one of my favorite games of the year so far has been, uh, it's a, a game called Haiku the Robot. Um, I, I, which, I haven't heard of this one. Yeah, so it came out on Steam in uh, April and then just hit Switch, and it hasn't come anywhere else. I just dropped the link in the chat. Uh, and it is uh, it is unabashedly pulling from uh, Hollow Knight, and not just like, oh, it's a Metroidvania, like Hollow Knight. Like, it has very specific Hollow Knight systems, like using currency and able to, like, slowly heal yourself, and that sort of push-pull of during a boss fight, do I try to heal myself at the risk of getting hit even more? Uh, it has a similar sort of uh, map system where there's, like, a character hidden in each area, and you can listen for a tune to find him, and then, you know, the same sort of trinket system. Uh, and so despite that, it doesn't bring anything new to the table. It just nails its inspiration from Hollow Knight so incredibly well. Uh, and I really like its aesthetic. It kind of feels like a, it feels like the best looking like Game Boy Color game you'll ever mm-hmm. play um, in, in its color palette and everything. Uh, but it has these really expressive characters and all takes place in this kind of post-apocalyptic world where they're almost like Wally, where these these little like trash robots that still exist. Um, and I just really, really liked it. It was only uh, 15 bucks, I think on, on PC and Switch. Um, had, had a really, just a really tight Metroidvania design that I, I, you know, burned through in a weekend, and and yeah, absolutely, really liked it. I think possibly as a symptom of my larger sort of Souls-like fatigue mm-hmm. these days. If I start an indie game and it's and it turns out to be like a pixel art Metroidvania or Hollow Knight esque or like two D Dark Souls esque, there's a part of my brain that sort of instantly shuts off when I see that. Yeah. I mean, we are inundated with them. Uh, for me, I'll usually give it an hour, and if it kind of can sink its hooks in me, then I'll continue. And if not, um, I feel like the fatigue I'm feeling more are the 2D dark gothic action games that are like more like Souls-likey. Like that's something that I just don't think. Like I don't know, Elden Ring was more than enough for me this year uh, in in uh, that regard, and so um, I'm I'm still kind of a sucker for anyone who does the interconnected uh, Metroidvania design well. Fair enough. 
Uh, just an inc incidentally, uh, we're over 25% on the Adventure is Nigh funding drive. Incredible. Still 74 days to go, and I've already seen some very encouraging Super Chats coming in today. Remember, all your Super yeah. Chats are going towards that goal of us shooting Adventure is Nigh on location, in person, all having to smell each other's farts and shit. Oh, no. Not our farts. Uh, and also on Patreon, we are extremely close, just a few members away from hitting the goal of you and Jack playing Pulsar Lost Colony, which is very exciting. Ooh, I was going to want to play that anyway, but it's good to have an excuse. <laughs> and more money, obviously. There you go. Uh, so, so what's, your, what's your next game? So next on my list, I actually can't remember if this was this year or last, but it was Far Changing Tides. And I, uh, I think this, that was this year. Because I reviewed the first game in that series, which was Far Lone Sails. Yeah. Which was very much the sort of move from left to right uh, arty indie game. But mm -hmm. I liked its sort of core concept where you were trying to maintain a machine. Uh, having to run back and forth between its components. It was some inspiration I took that went into Starstruck Vagabond. Nice. Just the notion of a work-a-day thing where you have to maintain your mode of transport as you go along. Mm -hmm. And Far Changing Tides was that, but this time it's a boat. And throughout Ooh. the course of the game, the boat goes underwater as well. It's a submarine. And uh, so it was that, but uh, adding that extra dynamic. So it was interesting, bearing that in mind, that I just kind of got bored of it and stopped. Because <laughs> you know what I'm like with nautical-themed stuff? Yeah. I love it. If yeah, anything like that's set on a boat at sea gets an extra mm -hmm. point automatically. I just, it was just so boring. It was just so slow and dull. We were, just, we were constantly trundling from left to right and felt like nothing was really happening. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. So did yeah. you? So you enjoyed the original more than this one? I'd say so, yeah. I guess sort of the second ones didn't really like add much to the concept besides the underwater thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the reviews and it seems like, yeah, it got like sevens and stuff, but a lot of people said that it's it sort of tends to wear out its welcome or not have enough uh yeah. not have enough juice in the tank to really Yes. Um, what a what a very journey. game journalism thing to say. Just juice didn't have in enough the tank. just didn't have enough juice in the tank to sustain the engine this time around. Give me more game. I need more game. I've got a liberal arts degree. Anyway. <laughs> All right, your uh, turn. Uh, excellent. Uh, my next one is going to be Frogun. Have you heard of Frogun? I had that on my list, yes. I played it not terribly, not for terribly long, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's very much evoking a sort of PS1 era of yeah. analog stick 3D game design. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's aesthetic uh, reminded me a lot of, um, uh, like, Mega Man Legends, uh, mm. sort of the way those characters yeah, looked. Uh, but the, it's, it's a, sort of, it's a uh, this bite-sized puzzle platformer where you have these little stages that um, the, the the gameplay reminded me a lot of Captain Toad actually, which came out for Wii U and mm. then Switch, um, which again had those sort of little dioramas and um, I like how what is this weird connecting element? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess it's all this is all about reptiles and amphibians. I said both because I don't know which one frogs are. Um, that's fine. I've I've made it this long without knowing what they're, frog they're is. Like, amphibians. Both frogs okay. and toads are amphibians. They're not reptiles. Okay. Okay. See, you didn't think you were going to learn something today. It's like something else. Um, but I really liked um, the fact that uh, the levels are very malleable in terms of they're relatively easy to get to the finish line. But if you want to find everything in the level, it, it has like a pretty deep challenge to it. Um, again, nothing that's that's going to change, uh, you know, nothing that's going to change your life. But um, if you kind of, you know, we're hitting that era. We, we've talked about this where 
um, you know, we had that sort of Shovel Knight era where so many games felt like they were inspired by people who grew up playing 8-bit and 16-bit games, and we're now hitting an era where, um, you know, that there's that nostalgia for, you know, the late 90s and early aughts, and we're starting to see it in games that are inspired by these games from the, you know, N64, PS1, PS2, GameCube era. Um, yeah. And I think it's pretty cool. Definitely been banging that drum. Lots of nostalgia for the early 3D days going on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Um, better move on because I've got a lot of these and we've got a lot of super chats. Okay, next one I want to bring up, Loot River. Did you play Loot River? Uh, I I played a little bit of it because it was on uh, Game Pass. I did not play a lot of it though. Yeah, it's uh, speaking of games that immediately feel like a 2D Souls-like, that's basically what this is, but it had this gimmick where the entire the terrain is on moving platforms. Mm-hmm. You're on a body of water, and you're on these sort of like Tetris piece rafts, and you can control whichever raft you're standing on, and you can use that to like explore areas and solve puzzles, but you also use it tactically to get out of the reach of enemies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I thought it was just let down by the nature of the level design made it feel very samey. Yeah. Just the constant uh, grid. Yeah. And, uh, the uh, Tetris block platforms. Yeah, the the concept for it seemed really cool. And I know it. Uh, even uh, Nick in the chat just said there was a ton of interest for Loot River on social media, and then it just landed with a thud at lunch. It was one of those games where when it was shown at different like indie showcases before it came out, the core mechanic looked really cool. And I was like, oh, this like looks really neat. It's like mixing sort of like spatial awareness puzzles with um, kind of a top-down, you know, Souls-like game. Like, this could be really cool. And then it just seems like it when it came out, people were like, it's fine. It's, it's you know, not worth running out and immediately playing. I think it was just a lack of spectacle. And I like, a, I mean, the common yeah. thread with these Souls-likes is that it's always like spectacular environments, spectacular backgrounds, spectacular boss fights. Loot River just yeah. didn't feel like it had that. Yeah, it seems like it's a thing that's tough to do on a small scale. Um, yeah. I don't, there's, there have been very few sort of 2D Souls likes that have been able to, uh, you know, hook me as much as, I mean, there's been very few Souls likes that have been able to hook me outside of FromSoft, honestly. Like, I, I think it's as simple as just having big, impressive boss fights. Like, yeah. Uh, like in Blasphemous. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Or some of the Castlevanias. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Blasphemous and uh, Castlevanias, uh, one of one of the games uh, from earlier this year was called Infernax, which ah. was this um, yeah a, a small indie game that's on um, it, it's on everything for for twenty dollars. But it is um, if I were to have an analog in, in the same way that Shovel Knight was very much um, its homage to uh, like Ducktales and Mega Man, this mm-hmm. is uh, an homage to uh, Castlevania Two specifically. Um, which was sort of the weird um, forgotten Castlevania that has like a persistent world and a day-night cycle yes, and towns that you visit. Have a curse and all that. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so it's it's very much presented like that, um, but again, sort of the Souls-like, uh, you know, the recursive element of, of when you die, you can go back to try to get your... your whatever the currency is before, um, you know, losing it forever. Uh, but it has a really good, like, its monster design is really great. Its boss design is, like, really big and gross and 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 grimy. Uh, the the upgrades you get uh, come in a consistent tick and, and feel really good. And it has these cool, moment, like, story moments where, like, early on you find a guy who's trapped in a cage and screaming out in agony. And there's a person who's like, we need to kill this person because they're about to transform. And so you can either choose to release the person from the cage or kill him. 
And no matter what you choose, it's bad because if you kill him, you just kill the person. And if you release the person from a cage, they turn into this big hideous monster that you then have to kill. So well, um, sounds like a barrel of laughs. Yeah, and it's like it's handled these really cool looking like you know eight bit cutscenes. So yeah, really uh, really enjoyed it though. Infernax. All right then, uh, where should we go next? Uh, I briefly played a game called Soundfall. Did you play that? Uh, no, I read. I believe it was Will's Rev Three MR. That's the um, is that the like the the top down action game where you you pull in your songs? Yeah, it's a top down rhythm game. Uh, I guess sort of Metal Helsing has sort of ate up all the the oxygen in the room for rhythm games. Yeah, I guess so, right? So, yeah, I guess for a while now, games have been sort of like stumbling around trying to find the the right formula for that. Mm -hmm. Soundfall was yeah it didn't really work for me it's like crypt of the necrodancer but not as good yeah it also it was also a bit nice like the whole plot was like you're this like person from the real world who travels into this fantasy dream world where it is rock controlled by music and everything's mm -hmm. all the characters and objects are music themed and it felt like a fucking like fucking jamie and his magic torch up in this bitch yeah <laughs> okay no stuff you don't you don't want it you don't want anything that's too nice good to know it's it saturday morning cartoony yeah. Didn't really didn't plot didn't feel like it had any teeth. Yeah, yeah. And was it trying to like was it leaning heavily into its plot? It wasn't like it, it was it was Yeah, it was like visual novel style plot. Bit, bit neon whitey. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling people neon whiteys. Um that might be offensive, so maybe I won't do that. Uh speaking of Saturday morning cartoons, a game that I have on my list that I know you have on your list as well, and I know uh, it was also one of Jack's favorite games of the year, uh Tinykin. Ah uh, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, which case. came out. Yeah, just came out. Uh, I think like a month or two ago. Uh, it was a part of Game Pass as well. So again, um, you can you can try it for free if you have that. Uh, and it is very much uh, a take on the Pikmin formula of, but, but more of a three D platformer. It is very very deliberately evoking Pikmin. Uh -huh. I mean, it's called Tiny Kin, which yeah sort of reads a bit like Pikmin at first glance. Yeah, you know, yeah. And uh, it's the same premise. You're a tiny alien who comes to, like, a human world, and he gathers an entourage of little tiny beings that all have unique skills. Significant difference, as well as the platforming, there's no combat. You don't use your Pikmin for combat at all. It's all about exploration, all. puzzle solving, and uh, using your uh, little dudes to get past traversal puzzles. Yeah, and there's no time limit. It's not like, oh, night's coming, and suddenly a, a, a Bebub is going to come out and eat all your Pikmin. Um, I guess it's just very be... nice and chill. Well, that might be why I lost interest in it, because it just felt like there were no stakes. I was just yeah. sort of like randomly exploring and solving tasks. I didn't. There was no drama. It was a game to me that was the epitome of a podcast game. And I can literally, when I think about that game, I can remember the podcasts I was listening to while playing it. And I played almost the entire thing while listening to podcasts. Um, and so it was, and again, very short. Um, I, I think I finished it within like six or seven hours. Um, but if you like just exploring big, colorful places with, with sort of just a shit ton of stuff to collect and puzzles that really aren't going to, you know, break your brain um i i i enjoyed it i suppose and again, i think jack said it was one of his favorite games of the year yeah 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 it's it's easy going let's let's mm -hmm. put it like that me i like to uh, i like uh, a bit of you know a bit of peril a game to push back somewhat because yeah. this game does not push back at all I, yeah just a little pushback yeah um uh, what, else? what are we gonna what should we go to next i guess i'll bring up citizen sleeper Okay. Did you play Citizen Sleeper? 
Uh, I have. I haven't played a ton of it. Um, I was a big fan of the developer's uh, previous game, In Other Waters, um, which came out a few years ago. Um, I think I played I... it because someone in the chat recommended it at one point. Okay. Yeah, it reminded me a bit of Disco Elysium. Okay, it, yeah. At least in its presentation. It's a mm -hmm. sort of text-based adventure that uses D&D-style skill checks to decide mm -hmm. uh, the course of the plot at times. You're this uh, sort of cyborg who's trapped on this sort of like dystopian space station and you're trying to create a life for yourself. You're trying to like pay off a debt. Uh, there's like, uh, you're being hunted. You got to try to like, you got to figure out how to uh, fix that. Okay. And uh, and um, it was it was engaging. I was uh, absorbed and I, and I found an ending that I was quite emotionally moved by. Oh. That's neat. Yeah, it was, it was a nice little sort of uh, pen and paper RPG uh, story focused thing. Okay. Was and, it uh, pretty short? Yeah, it's pretty short. It's, okay. uh, I mean, it's no podcast game. You've got to pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, I enjoyed it. I would, I would recommend it if you've got a tolerance for lots of reading and uh, not much in the way of standard gameplay. I mean, you might say I've sort of contradicted myself in that there's not much in the way of combat and peril yeah but the peril lies in the story and the concepts you know it's yeah like, and i can this, like his like hunters are going to come get you on this date you have this many days uh you have to figure you have to like work at places to make money and then spend the money on getting food and paying off your debt and stuff okay very cool um yeah. yeah let me drop a link to the game because some people are asking. uh it's called citizen sleeper yeah i'm fine with game if games are um a bit reedy if the writing is good uh what i don't like is uh i think a lot of games that rely heavily on reading don't have very good writing and so um i mean yeah. i think a lot of games in general don't have very game good writing so uh comparing it to disco elysium though is uh, obviously high praise uh okay you'll go Excellent. I have uh, what I'm pretty sure is the game with the longest title that we're going to have today, which is uh, Shinshan, Me and the Professor on Summer Vacation, The Endless Seven-Day Journey. Um, that's so I don't think you, that's uh, pretty extensive. I'm going to blow your mind. It's Japanese. Doesn't, uh, doesn't exactly leap at you from across the room, does it, if you saw it on a shelf? And the problem is there's no good way to shorten it. I could say me and the professor on summer vacation. And I think a lot of people are going to be like, what are you doing going on a summer vacation with your professor? Um, but it is a, a spinoff of a long running uh, Japanese um, sort of like slice of life series called uh, Boku no Natsu Yasumi, um, which I think only one has come to the States in form of it's like Attack of the Friday Monsters, I think it was called. It came to the 3DS. But this game uh, is on uh, PC and, and Switch and PlayStation. Uh, and it is um, it's a it's a again slice of life like you wake up in the morning and you do things in this little town uh uh similar to like the town has this kind of sleepy japanese vibe like inaba mm -hmm. in um persona 4 golden which yeah. i really liked with that or like what a studio ghibli town so uh that really um you know that really got me and then uh it has kind of the nice slice of life stuff of um stardew valley while combined with a neat little time loop mechanic like you keep it's called the endless mm -hmm. seven day journey because you keep living this week over and over uh, uh, and you play this little kid, this little like booger of a kid named shinchan who's like a he's almost like a japanese like charlie brown i guess like this little or, or, or like this little rascal um the way but, you're describing uh, it it's reminded me of tulip a little bit 
Yeah, a little bit actually. Yeah, yeah, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, really charming. Just really great, like soundscape, and and I I liked seeing more and more areas of the town open up and and uh, neat little um, I don't know, just neat little slice left moments. And yeah, I I really liked it. I was just glad that this game finally came to um, uh, came to the states because this is a series that has been mostly relegated only to Japan. Certainly sounds like a you game. It is a me game. It is one hundred percent a me game. All right, well, since my last one was Citizen Sleeper, I will bring up the counterpoint to it, Sunday Gold. Did you Ooh. play Sunday Gold? Uh, I have not. I've heard about it, though. We uh, A review of that came up pretty recently, actually. I was, yeah. I was like, on the verge of reviewing this. I, okay. I opened a text file and everything, and I wrote down a sentence. And then I had the good sense to double-check the embargo date, and it was like a month out. So I thought, oh, wait. This can't be this. This can't be next week's review. Yeah, and then, and then after that, more things kept coming up, and it just got lost. Yeah, yeah. Sunday Gold is sort of a point-and-click adventure through the filter of RPG in a sort of Dungeons and Dragons style, where you have action points uh, and everything like uh, plays out like the turn orders in like a D and D fight. And I, and I assume this is a measure to prevent the standard point-and-click adventure thing where you just try everything on everything to brute force the puzzles. Because everything okay. you do has a sort of action cost. And like if you run out of actions in a turn, you have to go to the next turn, and when that happens, there's a chance that a turn-based battle will start. Huh. So it, there's a bit of a sort of a clash of gears at the intersection yeah. between point-and-click adventure and turn-based RPG battling. Most, yeah. notab- most notably, if you, like, end a battle uh, with no action points left, then when you go back to the point-and-click adventure game, you still have no action points, so you have to immediately go, go to your next turn, and then another battle might start. So you get caught yeah. in a sort of weird loop. Did it, um, it, it, it? I don't know. It doesn't sound like it all really comes together in the end. I guess not. I kind of liked the uh, story and setting. It's sort of... Uh, uh, you'll play like three character, three sort of grungy characters in a grungy future London. Okay. Although it's very obviously not written or made by actual British people because <laughs> they don't quite have the lingo down. Yeah. Everyone kept saying twat instead of twat. Mm-hmm. That was the giveaway for me. <laughs> that's that's like the immediate moment where you're like, I know something's wrong here. Yeah. But I played through it to the end, so there was something that was uh, drawing me back to it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. I threw our three uh, MR uh, that that we did in there, so folks can uh, check that out. Um, yeah, I just have like uh, two or three more. Uh, nobody I saves got, the world. I got a million. I've got a oh. million more, but I guess uh, we will. I'll probably trim this down a bit. Yes, I did play Nobody Saves the World. Yeah, so that uh, came out early in the year, and that was the latest game by Drink Drinkbox, who did um, Guacamelee, and it's a uh, top-down. It could be played solo or uh, cooperative. Um, I guess like a sixteen-bit Zelda-like, um, yeah. almost. Um, where and and it has the you know the overworld is um, kind of a handcrafted overworld, and then uh, there's just a ton of dungeons all over the world that are more. Um, um, randomly generated uh, but the whole sort of crux of the game is that you have this magic wand and you have the ability to transform into um, other things and these can be like character yeah. classes like a rogue or a warrior or animals with specific abilities like a horse or uh, an egg that might be able to hatch into a dragon and uh, you can then mix and match certain abilities so like a rat has a poison bite but then you can uh, uh, a slime character can leave a trail of 
uh, poison slime behind and you can start creating a class that combines those abilities um so it has a lot of there's like a lot of meat on the bone when you when you dig into it in terms of what kind of a character you want to have and the aesthetic is very um uh sort of uh adventure timey like that kind of that kind of humor and, and fantasy vibe so i really enjoyed yeah. it uh, nobody saves the world also on everything including game pass yeah the visuals of that one reminded me of uh casey green the webcomic artist but oh yeah yeah not sure how many people will know that mm -hmm. uh yeah i played it i think i was turned off it because i felt obliged to grind up all the different characters i'd gotten and i just kept getting more and more and that meant i had to grind all of the new ones as well yeah like yeah you end up doing a lot of that yeah uh okay so which where, where should i go from my big list uh i noticed a super chat mentioning eyelets which i'm oh, going yeah. to try out did you play eyelets yeah. i did actually i finished it I didn't, uh, again, I didn't that's me. It. That's me. Where a Metroidvania, um, you know, even simple ones are able to sort of like. Get yeah, their I hooks think in. when it comes to Metroidvanias and like two D Souls likes, I need some kind of you know extra thrust, extra unique selling yeah. point, kind of like yeah. what Loot River had, but it didn't really pay off for Loot River. <clears throat> yeah, this was a thing where you're in uh, a Metroidvania where you're in the sky and all the different places to go are floating islands, and as you be you finish each area, they sort of connect back up. Mm -hmm. Uh, which makes, which sort of organically extends the uh, platforming and exploration potential, which I thought was fun. Mm -hmm. so yeah, my uh, my main problem with it was um, it it feels like very low budget, uh, and which is which is, which is which is yeah, which can be fine, but the environments just didn't feel different enough to me. And in yeah. a Metroid, and its map wasn't that great, and so there's a lot of times where I was like, "Well, f how do I get to that room I was at three days ago?" Like I don't remember even which island this was on. Um, and so uh, yeah, that was that was a little bit tough. But um, funny thing is, I'm, I'm excited to see like what they do. I think it was a solo developer as well, so I'm excited to see what he does. Um, well, I guess that figures because. It's going to sound egotistical, but playing it sort of reminded me of an old 2D Metroidvania I made back in the day called Poacher, okay. mm -hmm. which uh, it'd probably be quite hard to find these days, but yeah. uh, it's giving me that vibe for some reason. Probably because yeah. I'm a big egotist. <laughs> Perfect. Toffee loves this time of year when it starts getting chilly because it means he can hide inside my coat. I got. Uh, I, I woke up and made coffee and looked outside and it was snowing. So I had my first snow of the year and I hate it already and I want it to end. He didn't miss a beat. All summer he was like hanging out on my couch. And the first day I come down to the office in like my warm comforter, up he jumps. Up he jumps, says, let me in. Let me in your fleece. Into your fleece and close the zip. <laughs> this is where I live now. Yes. Uh, so your list was over, wasn't it? So, uh no the last one i wanted to mention was just uh immortality which um is sort of like on the verge of being one of the big indies of the year but um i just really love the game it's by uh, sam barlow and half mermaid who this is their third game after um her story and telling lies and this is the kind of fmv game where you, you are um kind of a detective piecing through clips and background or and behind the scenes footage and interview footage of these three fictional movies that uh, mm -hmm. never saw the light of day and were starring this single actress and you're trying to piece together what happened to this actress where she came from why she disappeared what happened on the sets of these movies and and um you are sort of putting the puzzle together by viewing these clips and you get from one clip to another by using match cuts so 
a character in in one of the movies will be slicing a cake and you can pause and then uh, click on the knife and then it'll take you to a scene in one of the other movies where a character is getting stabbed with a knife. And so then you're watching that scene in the movie and then you're trying right. to piece together the, the timeline and everything. And Yeah, um, I played it for a bit. I couldn't really get into it. Call me old-fashioned. I guess uh, I don't really do well in that sort of unstructured environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. Uh, do you like jigsaw puzzles? Do you do jigsaw puzzles? Are you not 100 years old like I am? Not really. I prefer yeah. sort of puzzles that require deduction and uh, intellectual solving. Okay. Like, uh, I like doing anagram puzzles mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Picross-style puzzles, nonograms. Gotcha. And I like recently. I like downloaded an app f- where you have to like decipher, uh, like basic substitution ciphers without any clues or keys. Mm-hmm. I like doing that because it's a fun sort of deductive experience. You have to know that ah, if there's a popular letter, it's probably E. Hmm. And stuff yeah, like, like that. that. I just like yeah, uh, yeah. that sort of the puzzle because it sort of uh, exercises my intellectual brain. Yeah. No, I like uh, I. I love those kinds of puzzles but i'm also um a sucker for sort of more simple jigsaw puzzles yeah i guess what, what i'm saying is that i don't really like stuff like immortality because i like there to be something structured in terms of challenge and deduction and mm, yeah i guess i'd this like is very unstructured i'd like immortality more if there was some kind of like point to searching for stuff like if there was like a quiz at the end and you had to uh yeah answer the questions based on what you discovered yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I guess what the I guess the the carrot at the end of the string is is just the discovery of what actually happened. So if you get invested in the characters, then you actually want to know like what the hell, why were these three movies never seen? Why why did they never see the light of day? Like what what happened on these sets, and why is oh. the actress the same age in the sixties, the seventies? And the I aughts? also need the game to pat me on the head and tell me I'm a good boy. That's you have children; they can tell you that. Oh, I have to do that to them. I'm, oh shit! To, <laughs> it's the opposite way around. I want that shit. I feel like I'm giving out all the pats. <laughs> it's all giving pats and no taking pats in my life at the moment. There you go. Yeah, see, go. I'm patting a dog as we speak. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, man. that was uh, that was that was it for my list. So I don't know if you you all have any more right. you want to burn through quick. What else have we got? Well, that's quite a few. As I said, uh, I tried out Steel Rising and Thymesia for mm-hmm. our like indie souls likes but mm-hmm. again i'm all kind of off souls like so i sort of bounced off those quite i quite enjoyed the uh the theme of steel rising okay it's set in like revolutionary an alternative revolutionary france where steampunk robots exist mm-hmm. I, I liked the setup for that you were like the personal servant robot to the queen yeah i like the uh from what i've seen of it i like the aesthetics yeah i think the i kind of bounced off the combat though the combat didn't feel like fun didn't really like mm-hmm. the nice impacts that i like and thymesia i just didn't like because it was too hard i got to the first boss Very fight fair. with like the magician dude and uh i just wasn't enjoying it i wasn't enjoying yeah. you had to like hit something then you had to hit them again with a different weapon for the first hit to count that doesn't make any sense uh what else we got i wrote down dungeon munchies did you ever come across dungeon munchies Dungeon Munchies? No, I haven't even heard of it. I saw it on Steam, and I was just immediately curious, because I'd never heard of it. I never heard any buzz from it, but it had like 2,000 overwhelmingly positive recent reviews. Interesting. So I checked it out, and it's uh, a sort of anime platformer along the lines of... 
God, what was it? it had a really generic name. There was sort of an anime platform where you were like an anime schoolgirl who'd lost her memory and you were fighting through a Castlevania End game. Ender Lilies? No. You were in like a, a classic Japanese schoolgirl uniform. It was more cartoony. And every okay. and every like big boss you ran into was also in a Japanese schoolgirl uniform. And sure, some of the bosses were just giant ladies with big tits who were trying to hit you with their big tits. It was very anime, like, in other words. Well, this, well, Dungeon Munchies sort of lost ruins. Thank you, Grunge 549. As I said, it had a very generic name. And Dungeon Munchies reminded me of that a bit. It had a similar sort of aesthetic. But you uh -huh. were, it was weird. You were a zombie progressing through a platform world, and you had to unlock abilities and weapons by cooking monsters. Okay, interesting. Like you killed monsters and pick up their ingredients. And uh, the different ingredients create different recipes that. Uh, then apply different buffs or you can turn them into different weapons and uh, there was quite an extensive like variance in how you could uh attack things mm -hmm. and then like uh, as you go along it sort of turns into a almost a bullet hell game interesting it was, it was kind of interesting i never quite it was never quite clear on why it had such massively popular reviews i thought maybe someone had been review spamming yeah, and it's it's a game I've literally I'd never heard of that title. Um, so oh. that's strange. Yeah, it was, yeah, it had a like very thoroughly amateurish sort of vibe to it. So I was just I was just wondering if anyone else had heard of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. People heard of Lost Ruins. That's good. Yeah, well, probably because of the big boss fights with the big titty girls. Yeah, people love those. Uh, I had a quick go on the Eternal Cylinder going into more recent times. Okay, also never heard of that. That's a very weird game. You are like a weird animal in a weird sort of odd world style fantasy world. Okay. And uh, you are constantly trying to stay ahead of this gigantic apocalyptic cylinder that keeps rolling over the land. Jesus. And every time you sort of get past a uh, like a certain waypoint, the cylinder starts rotating further. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Very old game. Uh, Lapis so the, says Eternal Cylinder was a victim of the Epic release void. Uh, well, well it's was on, it at uh, Epic it, exclusive? I mean, it's on Steam now. So oh. yeah, it's on, that's I played it when it first came out on Steam. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess I didn't stick with it because it had that sort of No Man's Sky vibe that everything was just sort of randomly copy pasted to fill the environment. Yeah, I'm watching the trailer on Steam, and it 100% looks like No Man's Sky. Yeah, it's very No Man's Sky. -y. Except the creatures look like weird little spores. Like yeah, and, you, have to, and uh, you had to put a lot of work into like creating a sort of party of creatures. Okay. Uh, so and they, they all you could like switch between them and give them all different abilities. And uh, but uh, it took a lot of work to add a new member to your party. You had to like find an egg and find something mm. to heat it up in. But and every now and again something that would just happen that would just wipe out the whole party. Oh. And it just like felt like such a pain in the ass trying to build them all back up to where I was. And yeah, I felt it a seems bit that cylinder at that like, point. This trailer has like a sense of dread to it. It's very yeah. There's a lot of dread in that whole cylinder concept. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess could be 
good. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, it could be effective, but um, looks strange. Yeah. Um. I guess I don't want to like draw things out too long because we should go to Super Chat soon. Someone in the chat's mentioned Midnight Fight Express, which I also tried out. That was uh, like a beat-em-up, right? Yeah, sort of a Hotline Miami sort of vibe. Yeah. And uh, it just felt like it's a fairly generic fighting engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was one that had a good first trailer, and then when it came out, people weren't as you yeah. know, crazy about it. I didn't have much enthusiasm for it as I gone through it. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just one of those fighting engines where they just keep introducing new like fighting techniques, mm. sort of like CPU, I suppose. And then I feel a little yeah, bit yeah. Sort of, then I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. So I, I need to practice that. Really and everything else felt kind of generic. Did it have like the really quick, like you said, Hotline Miami? Like, was there the really quick deaths and respawns? Yeah, or, sort of like that. Yeah. Um, played a bit of Dome Keeper. That's kind of fun. I believe uh, we're actually playing that. Uh, Jack's playing that later today because he's gotten uh, he's gotten really into that. Oh, oh, and Adam Unwin asks if we've played that trombone guitar hero thing. Oh yeah, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I mentioned that. Uh, I did play Trombone Champ because I was interested in it when I saw the trailer. Because obviously, it's a very silly game. Mm-hmm. Where you control a trombone by moving the mouse up and down and press the button to like blow through it. Yes. Uh, but they they had at least a trailer where they had this dude playing like um, the old grey mare. Yeah. And it just had such like a very silly exuberant vibe. I felt compelled to try it out for myself. Yeah. And then when I played it, I found it was by Holy Wow Studios, who released a bunch of indie games back in the day called the Icarus Proud Bottom series. Oh, interesting. Kind of, but they're kind of obscure, but they had a kind of sort of unique sense of humor that I found appealing. Mm-hmm. So if you remember those games, you might want to check out Trombone Champ as well. Trombone Champ seems to be a breakout hit for them. Their previous yeah. games uh, were always sort of uh, just kind of obscure, fun thing. Yeah. Trombone Champ is one of those games that sells itself on someone Oops. sharing a 20 second clip on social media and everyone being like oh this looks so fucking dumb i need to try this out it absolutely does that's exactly yeah. what drew me to it yeah yeah and then it's full of sort Which of like random I... humor sort of along the vibes of what <clears throat> i was trying to do with hatfall but some yeah. of the humor sort of felt a bit flat for me like you have to collect uh-huh. uh collectible cards yeah uh, as one of the as sort of the meta game and all the all the uh, cards uh, descriptions have sort of out-of-place references to hot dogs in them for no particular reason. I just felt <laughs> a bit lol-random for me. Yeah, yeah. And there's a running gag centering around baboons that falls under the same heading. Okay, love but, you know, yeah. I It's just fun to, like, watch that old Grey Mare video every now and again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, every time I... I scroll through something and a new one pops up i just i ended up watching it on on twitter like i have no desire to play the game but every time i see a clip i'm like all right that's pretty funny fair enough um yeah nothing anything else i particularly want to bring up cool yeah it seems like there was a couple other games came to mind and they came to mind because i saw people mention them in super chats so i'll probably just hold out and mention them there okay well that's i guess that sounds like an excuse to go to super chats there you go Although, before we do that, I just want to shout out uh, a game called Atomar, which uh, I was sent a review code on Twitter, because it's by an old mate of mine, Slow Beef. If you remember the old oh, Red nice. Spray channel on YouTube, 
uh, that this is what he's doing now. And it's a sort of unique survival horror take, sort of exploring the concept of Forbidden Siren introduced, sort of trying to avoid enemies by looking through the eyes of your enemies. Oh, what's it? What is it called? How do you spell it's it? It's called Atama, A-T-A-M-A. Oh, Atama, gotcha. I, I put an O in there. Uh, so, yeah, if you if you liked that old concept in Siren, check that out. Nice. All right, Super Chats. There are, there are many. Just shamelessly whoring for someone I know there. <laughs> it's called being a good friend. There you go. Um, where are we? Monetization. Hang on. YouTube's changed everything around again. Where's the oh, list of YouTube. Super Chats? <clears throat> I believe the first one, excuse me, should be from Eric Cartman. Okay, I found it now. I was, looking, I, was, I was looking in the wrong place. Okay, remember, all the money from these Super Chats goes towards our goal. Currently at 27.48% to get Adventurer's Nigh shot on location for Season 3 early next year. So get your Super Chats in if you want to feel like you've contributed to that and made us all very happy. Because we do Heck. love making Adventurer's Nigh and you yeah. can be part of that magic. Heck yeah. Okay. Again, stop me if there's a member chat because I'm going okay. off the YouTube list. Eric Cartman gives 10 US dollars. Says, rewatched your extra punctuation on live service games and had a question. Do you think the decline of mainstream art is the inevitable result of art forms trying to appeal to the greatest number of Philistines? I think anyone who uses the word Philistine unironically probably needs to <laughs> re-examine a few biases. Yeah. yeah. I um, think it, I don't I think, th I think oh, it's ahead. more related less to uh trying to appeal to the greatest number of people and more to trying to make the most amount of money well, yeah and mainstream art is incredibly expensive now um, yeah so they kind of have to do that which maybe that's a flawed system in and of itself but i think that's a different conversation i think there was the thought one was there needs to be more avenues where people might stumble onto some niche thing they might not otherwise have found yeah like the old yeah days of, like programmed television channels that sort of thing was more likely yeah. These days everyone can pick what they want to watch and they usually just pick whatever's closest to what they already like. Yeah, um, and there's which... like, you know, the handful of, of indie games that kind of manage to quote-unquote break through, like we talked about tra the trombone game, but even stuff like Stray or Neon White, but, um, you know, that's less than a percent of the games released in a year that manage mm -hmm. to kind of break through to the mainstream. Seabards uh, gives $10 a dollars. And says, following on from your discussion of horror games last week, are there any horror movies you actually like, Yahtzee? I wonder if you've ever seen any of A24 stuff, i.e. Hereditary, The Witch, mainly. Yeah, I like your horror movies. I went through a phase of really liking 80s slasher movies. Mm. I don't know why. I just like the camp. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't really like super gore stuff. I don't really like jump scare stuff. I've, I've appreciated a lot of horror films in the past if they focused more on sort of atmosphere than jump scare stuff. In fact, yeah. I've often liked Seek Out horror films by specifically searching for horror films that don't rely on jump scares yeah yeah and uh last time i did that i stumbled upon the orphanage el orfanato which yeah. uh, i enjoyed quite a bit but other yeah, films that in that sort of vein i've been yeah. enjoyed jacob's ladder jacob's ladder is amazing with tim tim robbins i do quite like in the mouth of madness although that does have some jump scares in it it does. It does. Yeah, I like the. Uh, I, I, I like how the movie completely unravels in the back half. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I would recommend Hereditary. Um, 
I don't, I don't know if you saw that, but that's the one in the uh, in the in the super chat, and that's um, it, it has a few jump scares, but again, it has a very it creates an incredible atmosphere. All right then, uh, Clover and Aeneas upgraded membership to bonus content. Good for them, I say. Although proud of you, better Clover. if they had two separate channels instead of sharing one, like a pair of nah. scabs. Waka waka. The Climate Change Barbarian gives 2.79 Canadian dollars. That was a weird way of saying that. And asks, Marty, can you recommend any hentai games on Steam? All right, everyone, buckle up. It's hentai hour with Marty. No, I can't. I, no, I don't, I don't think I can. I, I don't play hentai games. Well, I, rec- I'm play, I, I put 25 hours into Persona 5 Royal on Switch, and that's coming to PC, and Persona 5 Royal is very good, and I guess if you... Squint, it could be a hentai game if you're like kind of looking for it. Well, uh, no, I don't. I don't well, you don't have to like you know resort to playing JRPGs if you want hentai on Steam. Yeah, because uh, you're spoiled for choice on there. <laughs> I don't know if I'm uh, worried or flattered that I've been cornered as the hentai guy. So um, I'll just I'll just say thank you. Well, they know you're the waifu guy, I guess. Also, a lot of people in in chat seem to be recommending hentai games. So if you want. Heck, anti recommendations just yeah just hop in the chat right now because yeah, they're there keep it in the I'm chat gonna, and keep us out of it i'm just not gonna google any of those games w-i-c-g-w gives five euros and says prepare to embrace your creators in the stygian haunts of hell barbarian only you are only after you have kissed the fleeting stead of death wretch grigner which is a reference is to the eye of argon one of the most notoriously bad works of fantasy ever published, and which I once did a video on my own channel doing a dramatic reading of. Gotcha. Which is also a fun thing to listen to on the background if you're playing a boring game like Tiny Kin. Was it meant to be bad, or was it... Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, that's debatable. It was written by a 16-year-old, so most people, like, assume it wasn't intended to be bad. But it was. It was very, very bad indeed. Oh, poor Grignar. Uh, Karuta Cowboy gives 35 Zars, which I think is South African Rand, to say, from this year, I personally really enjoyed Citizen Sleeper, Tiny Kin, and Shin-Chan, all games we mentioned, though I don't think that last one counts as indie. Yeah, I think indie most like, obscure Japanese stuff that makes it abroad gets classified with indie. Yeah, I think the... I mean, I'm sure a lot of the games we mentioned don't even classify as indie technically because they probably have publishers. Um, but well, again, I think if, indie if an is indie a... publisher can exist, you can be published and be indie. Apparently, apparently, the meaning for indie doesn't mean a whole lot these days. No, it it really doesn't. So again, I think indie is kind of the, like a, a a smell test kind of thing. Uh, Stefano Capelli gives ten Canadian dollars. Says I found a twenty dollar bill on my bike ride to work. So here's half. I love Outer Wilds, one of my favorite games of all time. Not relevant, oh. but thanks for letting us know, Stefano Capelli. Also, it's a great game, so please shout it out whenever you want. Sure, whatevs. Uh, Nick Prime, member of 21 months in early access, says, Played Iron Lung? Great little indie experiment. I didn't play that, although I saw a bit of buzz about it. I thought about checking it out, but I didn't in the end. I've never even heard of Iron Lung. I think, if I'm remembering right, it's that one where you're like trapped in a diving bell. And it's a oh. horror game based around that. That sounds pretty terrifying. So, hey, honest. nautical themed, my kind of thing. Yeah. Could be wrong. They might be thinking of something else. 
Uh, Karuta Cowboy comes back with 14. South African Random says, Thoughts on the Bayonetta 3 voice actor controversy? Have you heard about this? Yeah, I heard about this. She was apparently uh, the uh, original voice actor of Bayonetta was only offered 4,000 for to do Bayonetta 3, which yes. isn't a whole lot. Although it it's about as much as I get paid for reading aloud an audiobook. But uh, that's a different matter. Uh, yes. I mean, I think Nintendo is now publishing your audiobooks, though. I guess not. Audible um, is. That's an Amazon company. They've got money to burn. Well, we know Bezos doesn't want to pay people, but you don't get rich by paying people good money. Um, yeah, it uh, it it really it really fucking sucks. And then uh, it seemed like they lowballed her on purpose because the new voice mm. actress is Jen Hale, who's one of the, the most prolific voice actors in gaming. So I imagine she is not doing it for four thousand dollars. And then Kamiya-san got incredibly defensive on it on Twitter and uh, ended up deleting his account. So and huh. people want to boycott Bayonetta. So ultimately, I, I think it's just bad for everyone. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, classic example of. You can only dig yourself deeper if you engage with the controversy. Yeah. The lesson is, don't go on Twitter. Also, the lesson is, pay, pay people what they're worth. And speaking of paying people what they're worth, we're up to 27.57%. Do you think we can get to 28 today? 29, dare we dream? I think everyone's done such a great job so far, and I, I don't think we need to push them. I do, because it's worked out so well in the past. <laughs> It is. It turns out shaming them has worked remarkably well, actually. Yeah, yeah, cheapskates. Yeah. Ryle Giver, welcome to Early Access. Ryle Giver's not a cheapskate. Be more like him. Or her. <laughs> Gantoris gives $5 and says, In your best Monty Python lady voice, please. I'm a <clears throat> I can't really do falsetto. I don't have yeah, the voice for that. Says, I'm opposed to all the sex on the television. I mean, I keep falling off. Badooch. How's your falsetto? Uh, uh, awful, awful. I'm also get, I'm getting over COVID, and so my my voice as right. a whole cracks right. every couple minutes. All right, I won't press you. Uh, I'm just Carly... use COVID as an excuse for everything for the rest of my life. If I'm gonna be honest, there you go. Khalil Henoud gives twenty Canadian dollars. Says much appreciation to both of you. Thank you very much. Much appreciation for those twenty dollars as well. Uh, I also just want to say after you did that voice. Um, John Lee Wumbly uh, post in the chat. That's why they only pay you $4,000. Thanks very much, John Lee Wumbly. <laughs> it's nice to know my efforts are appreciated. I you know how much of a pain in the ass it is to record an audiobook? I can't imagine because I record a 1,200-word video essay and I'm like, that was exhausting. Yeah, imagine sitting in a booth doing that for three, three hours and then lunch mm -hmm. and then another three hours. No, thank you. I would not like that. Uh, Ral Giver comes back with $5 and says, Shout out to Islets, which didn't get enough love. Unique Metroidvania map progression. First game that I've binged since Dread last year. Uh, we already mentioned that. Well, Ral so, clearly yes. likes Metroidvanias too. Uh, Ral, if you like Metroidvanias, check out uh, Haiku. And if you like Metroidvanias, you're very well served. There's yeah, a lot of them going away. on stage. They're never going away. Uh, John Connor, member for eight months in Tip Jar. Welcome. And John Connor then gives us a super chat. It's funny, all these like uh, people like upgrade their memberships and then give us super chats. It's almost like something sweet. reminded them. Uh, gives 10 Canadian dollars, says, Yahtzee just finished all your books and felt the two series were pretty distinct from each other. If you had the chance to adapt one to film or TV, which do you think would work better? 
Well, I think I've said before, if I were adapting, I'd adapt my Galaxy for Food books to film, and I'd adapt my uh, Department of Extradimensional Affairs books to TV. Mm -hmm. I picture the latter as a sort of meet for a sort of Sunday tea time detective drama series like Midsummer Murders. Oh, but nice. With a comedy supernatural twist. Just the things that the BBC might seek out when everyone finally goes off Doctor Who. Uh, Dorian King gives five Canadian dollars. Says, "I need this subject. I got a Steam Deck and played in playing indies at work on break. Just played Artful Escape and Islets. Well, nice. A lot of Islets love in the I chat. Hope, I hope we've provided you some informative <clears throat> recommendations along the course of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Wesley Thomas gives two Canadian dollars. Says, "Thanks for the Christmas list recommendations." People give each other Steam codes for Christmas. I think you can, but you got to do something fun with it. Yeah. Like, uh, like make a sort of custom crossword where once you've solved it, you get the digits of the Steam code. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah sort, of, sort of put it into a puzzle. Yeah. Or just send them an email. <laughs> These people not mean anything to you. Yeah. Or like have a scavenger hunt and like hide it, hide it in a graveyard. Hide your Steam code Christmas gifts in a graveyard and make or, people go through graveyards on Christmas morning. Or write the Steam code on a little strip of paper and then insert it into your cock hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for a second, I didn't realize you said cock hole. I thought oh. you were like talking about something else. I didn't realize you were talking about like into your urethra. Yes, I meant urethra. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not my, your urethra, not mine. What you do with your urethra is your own business. Oh, that's nice. Martin Schuquist gives 50 Swedish kroner and says, an indie game that ends up in my top three this year is I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. Time loop game done right. I've I think I remember seeing the name of that floating around. I didn't play it. I have literally never heard of it. All right. Also, can we talk about for a second, Nick in the chat said, just gave me a good idea for how to give out some games in our videos. I Nick. swear to God, that better not have been in reference to that fucking urethra thing, because I'm not Nick, putting anything don't in my start put, for these Don't start putting my review codes in your urethra, young man. Yeah. I Nick. need those. For shame. <laughs> why don't we have a review code for Mario Plus Rabbits? Oh, uh, Nick's stuck in his pee hole. That's why. <laughs> Raul Giver gives $2, he said, moving hastily on, uh, and says, Gibbons had simple but fun movement mechanics too. Don't think I played yeah. Gibbons. It was, uh, I played it because it, it released originally on Apple Arcade, where neat games go to die. Uh, but then I think it came to like Switch and PC. Um, and it's a game where you uh, really like a nice looking uh, a 2D kind of movement based platformer where you um, you play uh, uh, Gib uh, Gibbons, who are like uh, some specific kind of monkey. I that has a really neat swinging is. mechanic. I don't know what I didn't know what a Gibbon was. I, Gibbons, I thought, was the man who did the art for Watchmen. I didn't realize that it was <laughs> also a monkey. Yeah, last, last Dave Gibbons. I get that. Yeah. Last time I was um, at last time I was at the Oakland Zoo, they they had like Gibbons who were really going to town on the on the howling. They're all sitting on top of their tree, howling their little heads off. You could hear it for miles. Oh, when you were saying going to town, I thought it was like a sex thing. Well, I don't know if the howling is in some way related to sex. Knowing the animal be, kingdom, yeah. probably is. Yeah, they get they get real horned up. I don't know if you guys knew that about animals. <clears throat> Clover and Aeneas comes back and gives us $5 to say, I quite liked Toem. 
cute little picture-taking game, fun to kill a few hours with. Also, Spiritfarer counts for me. I just played it this year, lol. I have played Toem. I thought that was last year, though. Yeah, it was last year, but I loved Toem. I thought it was delightful. I feel like we're getting a lot of games sort of aspiring to the Paper Mario crown. Yes. I would sort of put Toem in that group. That was with uh, yeah. Bug Fables, uh, Rainbow mm-hmm. Billy. Uh, oh, what was that one with the ghosts that was recently came out? Uh, the out- Outbound Ghost, I believe. The Outbound Ghost, yeah. I feel like Paper yeah. Mario is sort of the in the hot ticket right yeah. now. Yeah. And Tome also, there's, there's a handful of games, I think all three of them came out last year, which was weird, that um, have uh, photography as their main mechanic. So mm. there was Toem, there was... Um, Alta, uh, Alba's Wildlife Adventure and uh, Umarangi Generation. And the three games are very different aesthetically, but uh, taking pictures is ultimately the core mechanic. And so I like to think of them as Pokemon Snap likes. I remember I once bought a game from an EB Games. This was like years back. This was on the PS2. And I'd seen it in like the bargain bin, like pre owned for like a dollar. So I thought to myself, you know what, what the fuck? Maybe it's like a hidden gem. Maybe this mm-hmm. weird, obscure game will appeal to me. And it turned yeah. out to be a game where you were in a helicopter and you had to fly around a giant anime bikini girl who was walking across a city like Godzilla. Oh and my you god, had to that take, sounds amazing. And you had to take pictures of her for some particular reason. And then as that they introduced that, I said, oh fuck, this is a fetish game, isn't it? Oh fuck, I found the hentai. <laughs> Let me get out of here. But it was sort of, there wasn't any like exposed body parts. It was just incredibly what? vanilla fetish stuff. Was that a PC game? What was it no, for? It was on PS2. Oh, PS2. Oh, that was a good era of one, like shit, like Mr. Mosquito and, yeah. and Guitaru Man and, and Katamari. It would just be like, what is this and why is this in America? There and then you buy it, you're like, this is wonderful. There was a lot of uh, third party uh, random shit on PS2. Yeah. Cheap random shit. Mm hmm. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. <clears throat> Lapis Larka gives $5 and says, My overshadowed standouts this year Takayaki Party Survival, Wobble Dogs, Paparazzi, Strange Horticulture, Endling, and Lure. I, uh, I'm astonished that I only recognize one of those. Oh, I've played three of these. I've played Paparazzi, uh, which is also a photography game, uh, Strange Horticulture, and Endling. Yeah, I've played Endling. The yeah, others, Endling I, was one. I think it came out the same week as Stray, and it got, um, yeah, grossly overshadowed by Stray. Yeah, I reviewed Endling. Oh yeah, that's right. The rest, I, this is the first time I'm hearing any of these names. Uh, Takoyaki Party Survival looks. It is like a. It looks like a party cooking game where you work in a takoyaki restaurant, which is, um, you know, a sort of Japanese s- small plates, I guess. Um, Okay. Uh, wobble dog sounds neat. Hey, I just noticed we're up to twenty-eight point two four percent. Wow! Guys, you can stop now. You guys, I think everyone. No, needs they to stop. absolutely cannot bloody stop now. We're I only think... at, We're not even at thirty percent, and there's only <gasps> seventy-four days to go. Impossible. Imagine, 
30%? Impossible. Imagine the disappointed look on Amy's face if we have to break the news that we don't get to fly her out from Australia. She would just be sitting she would just be sitting at the airport, at the Sydney airport all alone. Imagining imagine Dabarella's glimmering eyes when she realizes maybe her friends didn't love her as much as she thought. Oh my god, I don't know, this is this is awful. I don't want to think about that. It's very sad. Come on, let's get to thirty percent. Let's just at least get to thirty percent today. You can you can do it. Uh Chris S, member for four months on early access and says, Did you guys play STS like Tainted Grail Conquest? Nope. First time I'm hearing that name as well. What do we think STS is? Slay the Spire. Oh, okay. Maybe. I I, I don't know. Oh yeah, it's a I, tech building world like. I have uh, been no. playing I have been playing Slay the Spire actually. Oh, okay. Are you, are you gonna get into like deck building games? Because I I'm still too dumb for them. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I just started playing Slay the Spire because I wanted something to play on my laptop when I was watching TV in the house. Mm. And uh, yeah, it does the job. I wouldn't say I'm massively into it. It pass. It gives me something to like fidget with. Uh, Nick got into um those deck building roguelikes earlier this year and his i think far and away his favorite was monster train he played slay the spire and then he played monster train and he loved monster train way more than slay yeah. the spire i mean he as he said to me after i told him i was playing slay the spire he said play monster train and i was yeah. like okay i think maybe nick's just got this weird train thing along with the the pee hole stuff maybe right. it's a train thing it's me with nautical themes and it's nick with trains trains yeah uh, X Soulsborn gives five dollars and says Moonscars is a two D M V with themes inspired by Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and its atmosphere is richly made by the sound design, music, and art style. What's M V? Uh, I believe Metroidvania. Oh, I suppose I could have deduced that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I think I saw the Steam page for that. I think we got it in the review account actually. But uh, yeah, and... I believe uh, Frost did the three R on it and enjoyed it quite a bit. But I looked at it and thought, oh, 2D pixel art souls-like. And my brain shut off again. Yep. <laughs> I, think, I was going to say, like, I think this is one of those games where if you're sort of uh, over that, then you're going to be um, very yeah. much over that. Yeah. Uh, Freak Job gives $10 and says, first time catching this live. Thanks for all the laughs over the years. Yards, looking forward to your next book. What are you reading nowadays? Marty, you're great too. Well, at this very uh -huh. moment, I'm reading a super chat from some weirdo named Freak Job. <laughs> I'm, I've been like really slacking off on reading books again. I, sh I, I know I should read some more books because it would help me write books. Sure. It's just so hard to find the time. I guess I'll just play a lot of games like Citizen Sleeper, which will be as good. Yeah, that's the I'd like I I have like a pile of spooky books I want to read in October, but then I'm like when I'm in bed I also have Persona 5 on Switch, so what if I played that for the fourth time? Uh like a real sicko. Um that being said, I'm reading uh White Noise for the first time, um hmm. which uh I'm I'm very much enjoying. Um so uh that's highly recommended and it has a movie coming out soon, so I like doing that. Isn't there already a movie, White Noise? Um I don't think they've made a movie. Based, um, maybe they've made a movie called White Noise, but um, I don't think they've ever made a movie based on um, the Don DeLillo novel. I was, just, White Noise. I was just thinking, what was the name of that film about the dude talking to his son in the in the past or the future? Frequency. Yes, that was it. For some reason, I thought movie. it was called White Noise for a second. It very easily could have been called White Noise. 
Uh, Josh McKenzie, member for two months in early access, says, though uh, thought Escape Academy was good game version of ERs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Escape Rooms. Uh, I loved Ooh. Escape Academy. I thought he meant uh, Elden Ring. I was like, the good game version of Elden Ring? I thought he meant ER, the hospital opinion. drama. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, games uh, Escape Academy is a lot of fun. It's a co-op, uh, first-person, sort of colorful escape room simulator um, set in a... Uh, like a almost like Hogwarts, but for people who want to become escape room artists. Um, yeah, Amy had a lot of fun playing through half of it. And if you like other escape room games, but besides that, there's uh, we fucking Nick. What is the name of that game? We were always alone. We were never alone. Why would this? Why would there be a school for becoming good at escape rooms? That's not really a marketable skill. All you're really doing is yeah. making yourself insufferable in like social settings. It's just like, hey, what do you guys want to do today? Escape rooms? Like, I just want to get drunk at a bar. Why are you bringing up escape rooms all the time? But then you like go to an escape room with a bunch of friends, and then it turns out you're the only one who plays video games. So you solve so all the puzzles, and everyone yeah. else is shit. Yeah. And everyone gets uh, disappointed because you figured everything out before they could. I've had this experience in the past. Yeah, I, I was about to say, that sounds uh, weirdly specific. Um, Nick, uh, the game is We Were Here Together. Thank you so much, Nick. Yeah, I guess I liked like going to an escape room and just systematically taking it apart with my game developer brain. Yeah. There was one I did where uh, you had to do a cipher without a key. And as I said, I just downloaded an app for that because I do that sort of thing for fun. There anyway, Matthew Adkins gives $5 and says, here's some money to spend on a tiny scarf for toffee. Aww. Toffee says, thank you very much. I'm very, starting to get very chilly. Oh, little Toffee. Mm. I keep you warm. I keep you warm forever. Uh, Andrew Hickenbottom says, I've never been to or been invited to an escape room, and I'd like to keep it that way. Escape rooms can be fun if you do them every once in a while. I did a really cool one uh, at a press event. Not a press event, but just Capcom did one around the launch of uh, Resident Evil 7 in San Francisco. It was like a Resident Evil-themed escape room. And there was like zombie noises and like fake zombies like smashing on yeah. the window. So it's like, if you don't get out, you're going to die. Oh, like, all, the, all the ones I've been to felt a bit low effort. Like, you know, yeah. cross, someone just wrote crossword clues on the wall and like whiteboard <laughs> marker and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 233 Ma'er gives 279 Canadian dollars and says, thanks for all the excellent content. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, Rebecca Ryan gives $5 and says, my niece's nap time finally coincides with an escapist live stream. Thanks for all you do. And thanks for spreading the good word of Wisconsin. Oh my God. Why, this is the great word of Wisconsin. Why are you looking after your niece? Where are your siblings? Who are the parents of the niece? Maybe they're at work. It's just, it's called being a good aunt or uncle. People go to places other than their home to work. People do. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's jobs. There's jobs. There's a couple jobs outside the home. Yeah. If you, if you also, so. hell yeah. Well, uh, we're we're gonna always uh, spread the good word of Wisconsin, especially for Adventures Night season three, which will be filmed in sunny Milwaukee. I'm so looking forward to going to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It sounds like a wonderful part of the world. What are you more excited for, the bronze fawn statue or the spy themed restaurant called the Safe House? I look forward to looking at Lake Michigan from various different angles. <laughs> Sounds like you have a gun to your head, like slightly off camera. Well, I'm just uh, picking up my words to make sure I don't discourage any super chats. Wonderful. 
Stephen Thomas, member for six months in early access, says, thanks for making videos I like to watch. Love them. Well, we didn't do it for you, Stephen Thomas. I made one of my videos for you, Stephen. I won't tell you which one it was, but one of my videos I did only for you. Clover and Aeneas. Jesus, there's no stopping them. Coming back with $2 to say, like last week, negging works. We're predictable. You sure are, Clover and Aeneas. That is true. You that is very pair true. of scumbags <laughs> who haven't even gotten us to 29% yet. Christ. <gasps> scumbags what that's what they are but they gave us money <laughs> well they're money scumbags scum money bags scum money bags scum money bags i like it that guy you know gives five dollars and says despite the bayonetta 3 controversy <laughs> i think people should still buy it the people making it wouldn't have a say in voice actor pay and are innocent okay uh yeah i, I mean, mean I, I, think I guess i'm getting a review code either way I mean, I think, I don't think like everyone should, I don't know, if you're not interested in Bayonetta, you probably shouldn't buy it. Um, but so if you're worried about people Bayonetta, working on the game being underpaid, that's yeah. a funny place to start. Yeah. <laughs> on basically any AAA game development. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan Stedman gives $10 and says, hope you're feeling better, Marty. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Oh, look, I didn't want a shirt that said, uh, I got COVID-19 and was bed bound for a week. And all I got was this wonderful $10 donation from Ryan. And I just noticed uh, like a chat just above that super chat that I'm going to read out for free. Mousecatcher says, I am reading differently Morpheus and I picture Diablery as Yahtzee. I bring this, this up because I've recently realized the dream casting for Dr. Diablery. Is it you? The person I would absolutely, if we were adapting differently Morpheus, the person I would absolutely put as my first choice to play him, Peter Serafinowicz. Oh that is God. all. I love him. I that love is him. all. <clears throat> Hunter Roge gives $10 and says, since you're shaming me, again, the system works. Fun fact, Infernax was made by the same studio as just Shapes and Beats. Also, I know my rogue is spelled wrong in my username. That is shocking because those games are very different i would yeah. not have expected that yeah, yeah. I, well i guess you know game developers if they're really into game design as an art feed form they want to do different things yeah which is great I, i'm i'm all for that we're at goo bomber yeah yeah i'm just going to the bottom of the chat to see if anyone agrees with me on the peter serafinowicz thing <laughs> you you don't need you're the but you don't need you don't need them. I, I agreed with you. I need constant support and feedback. Well, I didn't actually agree with you because I've never read any of your books, but I do like Peter. Well, trust Sarah me, Fren he'd be perfect. Fren okay, I, I will. And he 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 was voices in Dark Souls too. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, he's done a lot of shit. Yeah, he was most famously the voice of Darth Maul in the Phantom Menace. That's right. Uh, Goo Bomber. He's a, as I said, he's in a lot of things. Goo Bomber gives $2 and says, Ultra Kill is a good video game. Have you played? No, I haven't, because it's still in early access, and that's my rule now. Easy. Easy peasy. Is it, uh, is, it sounds like it's going to be a boomer shooter. It sure is. It is absolutely that. Okay. That's what it sounds like. Mr. Daxter gives nine ninety nine and says, Thank you. Just thank you for being awesome at what you guys do. Thank you, Mr. Daxter. Thank, thank you. you indeed. John Connor gives two Canadian dollars and says, shameful adventurers nigh shekel toss, tink. <laughs> you you can was... do better than that. I've never seen uh, tink written out like that, like the, the I... noise a coin would make when it hits a, hits a can. 
I wouldn't think you'd spell it like that. I think I think no. once you got the K, the C is kind of redundant. It is, yeah. Uh, Geldon Yitic gives five dollars and says star Dias and cosmatia are looking interesting really tickle that open universe ship building itch yeah That's i think there's a, source a video of star Dias. it's a lot like uh rim world but on a spaceship okay from what i could see okay it seems uh overwhelming i'm looking at it right now yeah i tried rim world and that, that was almost instantly overwhelming for me yeah yeah, all both these games seem like they would give me panic attacks. Sort of that but Dwarf you know Fortress thing where you're supposed to bring your own, like, imagination to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Listen, Van. I don't play games. I don't play games for that. You give, give me your imagination. Keep my imagination for myself. Van, member for 11 months in Early Access. How would you rank the countries you've lived in? Have you lived in any countries other than the United States? Uh, I spent six months in Poland, which Ooh. I guess kind of counts as living there. So, uh, and I would go uh, number two. Poland. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I think America has a lot bad going on here. Uh, but it's got the Grand Canyon, which is great. It's an amazing canyon. Poland, I assume, has uh, free health care for its citizens, though. Uh, yeah, I'm sure in, in a lot of ways it's better. Uh, it is becoming a very conservative country, though. And uh, that being said, I like to Krakow and Warsaw and Wuj quite much. Quite a bit. I, I have lived in... The UK, obviously, where I was born, and mm -hmm. Australia and America. And obviously, honestly, I'd still put Australia at the top. But, uh, and until relatively recently, I'd probably have put the UK second. But uh, that's sort of sw swapped places with the US. A race to the bottom there? Yep. I don't think I would want to go to back to the UK at this point. I think, you know, there's a lot of shit wrong with the US, but if you take it by a state-by-state -state level, because they practically are all different countries, they're far enough yeah. apart to be, then California is still probably one of the best places to live in the world. California's but if you just, especially the Bay Area. But if you just consider all the states along with California, that will very se severely drag the average down. It's even weirder because it's the states you can then break down into little areas. Like here in Wisconsin, uh, Madison and the Madison and Milwaukee metropolitan areas are, uh, mm. you know, very, very liberal. They're, they're college towns. They're, um, they're great. And then everywhere else in Wisconsin is um, a, a, a red state. So um, it's, a, yeah. it's a very confusing yeah. place. I've heard it said people around the world say America's weird and America say, no, that's just California. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, California go and everyone in California goes california is weird and everyone in california goes no that's just la yeah and then <laughs> and then people say uh, they say la is weird and then people everyone in la says no that's just hollywood yeah and then people say hollywood's <laughs> weird and then everyone in la goes ping pang brutal splat yeah ping pang brutal splat yeah uh, Bombfair gives four ninety nine dollars and says, "Hi Yards, I think I remember you being a QI fan. What is your ideal panel makeup, including host Marty Sup?" I actually well, haven't watched QI in years. I think I just sort of it didn't really work for me without Stephen Fry. What's, what's QI for those of us who don't It's know? a British panel show where they like they ask questions based around interesting facts. Oh, that's neat. I just like you know, I just like watching Stephen Fry. He's like. Sure watching a argyle christmas sweater that became a man it's <laughs> a pretty good way to put it uh matthew adkins gave us five dollars and says yards please stop shaming me i have to feed my family 
Well, I noticed we still haven't gotten to 29%, so I think I'll shame you again. Give us more money, you ponce. Yeah, you can live in ramen. Families can live in ramen. Uh, Dimitri gives five Canadian dollars, says, for her friends. Dabarella, Dabarella, Dabarella. Emoji, it was, emoji, it was emoji. actually three Dabarella uh, uh, emojis. Incidentally, uh, if you become a YouTube member, you too can sprinkle Dabarella emojis all over your text, as well as yeah. Mortimer, Sigmar, and Grindabin emojis too. Wunderbar. Loitering with two R's, so that's how I assume that's meant to be pronounced, wow. gives $10. And says, dropping by during work to say I thoroughly enjoy the podcast, although I can never catch them live. Also to tell my future self to get back to writing, you procrastinating limpet. <clears throat> get back to writing, you procrastinating limpet. Oh no, you got called a limpet. Vince DeJulius gives four ninety nine and says, recently had to mute my mic during a Zoom interview in order to allow for a series of offensively loud farts. Hopefully it worked and I get the job. That's what an amusing little glimpse into your life, Mr. Julius. Thank you. I don't know if that was in reference to a story I told on Breakout where I was uh, recording a podcast, a friend's podcast. So this was not an escapist thing. We were recording through the software I've never used before. And I didn't realize that um, the software uh, didn't default to my microphone, but it defaulted to my camera. And at several points in the podcast, I muted my mic by hitting this button and then did farts. Uh, but it didn't mute anything because the audio was coming from the camera. So he said in the edit, he had to edit out a bunch of the farts. I just fart if I'm like, on a call. <laughs> because what I found is if you just do it and then like not do anything to draw attention to it, like try to mute yourself or look embarrassed, everyone will just assume you just sort of shifted in your chair or you're wearing a leather jacket and moved a little bit and made a creaking sound. A lot of, yeah. there are a lot of things it could be that aren't a fart. Okay, so it's like it, you have to do it with confidence and like yeah. uh, like this whole thing of like you can get backstage anywhere if you carry either a clipboard or a ladder. Like yeah, no exactly. one will stop you. Yeah. Just let it ride. Yeah. Uh, Pima Strip Polito gives $199. Says audiobooks good to help make time in lieu of pods. Yeah, I think a lot of people group podcast and audiobook together these days. You want to know something? I have literally never listened to an audiobook. I feel like I should. Huh. I've, yeah. I listened to them way back in the day. I used to listen to them on cassette. Oh, is that where it came with like fucking 40 of them? Yeah. Like well, a book? Yeah. Well, they, they would usually be like, like I remember what, listening to these like all the Red Dwarf novelizations on cassette mm -hmm. and mostly they fit them onto two cassettes by really heavily editing the text down. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> Where was I? Yes, Snake in the Garden gives two euros. Says, I'm one hour late, but wanted to applaud Yahtzee's scarf. Funny thing is, I'm not wearing a scarf. I'm wearing a bathrobe. With, uh, you know what? We've, we've went an hour and 20 minutes and no one has commented on it. Yeah, it's got like a velvety grey lining. So it just yeah. looks like I'm wearing a scarf. Mm hmm. <clears throat> Oh, sorry, I just came. I just happened upon all the messages saying they agree Peter Serafinovich would be good. I assumed you were using that. You coughed and used that time to do farts, but apparently I was wrong. Maybe I've been farting this whole time. Maybe <laughs> I'm silent but deadly. The farts coming from inside the house. Well, from inside the toffees, over. <laughs> 
Uh, Rodney Chopperbottom gives five pounds and says, Loving the content of the Escapist Yards. Marty, where do you go to find out about new indies? I recently found Splattercat on YouTube, who seems good. I mainly just go to the Steam front page and see what's trending. Uh, first off, Rodney Chopperbottom. Incredible name. Just uh, like top 10 name ever. Um, I, uh, I, not to toot our own horn, uh, the, 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 our three MRs, um, we, we, oh, I think yes. we do a great job yes. of covering a lot of, um, uh, a lot of indie games that, uh, you know, otherwise don't get a ton of coverage, uh, in other places. Uh, and, uh, aside from that, there's a, there's a great, um, oh, there's this great YouTube channel and I subscribe to get in. No, I'm going to find the YouTube channel and I'm going to drop it in here because there's a channel I subscribe to that uh, sort of compiles things and is like, here's uh, a 10 minute video of really quick hits of the big indie games coming out uh, in each month. Hmm. Um, and that's that that works really well. Oh, here it is. It's just called um, Best Indie Games. That's a, I'm going to be honest. Best Indie Games is a very simple title. But All right, then. Putting in chat. Uh, just an idea gives us six sixty six pounds and says Yahtzee only fools and horses or faulty towers Marty Fraser or friends well obviously faulty towers I mean that's like comparing dinner at an expensive restaurant to uh, getting subway on your way home from the uh, sexually transmitted disease clinic uh, but at least maybe they said you're clean so maybe it's like a victorious subway uh, I like Faulty Towers quite a bit. So. Well, do you? Well, that wasn't the question directed at you. Uh, my thing is, I don't like Frasier or Friends. However, I enjoy Cheers, which was what Frasier is a spinoff of. I love Cheers, and I uh, love Seinfeld, which was the show that was always kind of going against Friends. So um, that was a bad answer to your question. Yeah, I've never gotten into Frasier or Friends. Has Friends ever Cheers had a spinoff? Feels like yeah, every... a show called Joey. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, Joey. Yeah, it was a short-lived. Seinfeld never had a spin-off, did it? Uh, it did not, no. It was they, like basically uh, every... Well, I mean, Curb Your Enthusiasm is like... <laughs> weirdly, Seinf like... Like Seinfeld again? Yeah, and then it brings in the Seinfeld, the four Seinfeld actors, because on the show they're doing a new season of Seinfeld, and... Um, but yeah, that wouldn't really count, I would think. Uh, Guru 2000 gives five euros and says, RQI. Gotta love Alan Davis, a small boy trapped in the body of a 56-year-old man. Still playing up to that, is he? As I said, I haven't watched it in years. Uh, Leighton591, member for 15 months, uses their member chat to spam a whole bunch of Mortimer emojis and says, mm -hmm. here you go, in order to uh -huh. demonstrate what I said earlier about how members can use Adventure's Nye emojis. See, that could be you. You could be just like yeah. Leighton. You could be the one spamming mortar emojis at the behest of someone who will never know your name or care. <laughs> Andrew Hickerbottom gives five pounds and says five quid towards the Let's All Touch the Bronze Fonds fund, friends. We are, we're absolutely all going to touch the bronze Well, funds. we are over 29% now, but we're obviously oh not going to make 30. I mean, that was expecting way too much. Yeah, I, uh, think, we, I, I think everyone needs a nap. John Connor, again, gives five Canadian dollars, says Yahtzee's fans are going to turn into a bunch of step-on-me fools at this point. If they weren't already. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, this is ultimately the like next the next step in the evolution of the relationship where it went from uh, insulting the, uh, the Super Chats to shaming for uh, not giving enough money. So it just feels natural. That's what they come here for. I'm mm -hmm. a comedy twat. 
Michael Wolf gives $2 and says, Yahtzee, I bought Bug Snacks thanks to your review. Yeah, I imagine you did. As Bug Snacks is one of those games where if you just describe it, a lot of people will just go pick it up straight off the bat. Yeah. It has that certain curiosity appeal. Yeah. It also has that hard thing like uh, Doki Doki Literature Club where you can't describe it too much. Yeah. I feel like even if you did try to describe Bug Snacks to someone, there'd be many significant facts you that yeah. probably wouldn't come across. Yeah. It's uh, sort of like Pokemon, but also with snack food and body horror. There you go. Perfect combo. How, like, what would you even picture if you, if you described that and hadn't played Bug Snacks? It would. I would picture a nightmare, and then I would play Bug Snacks, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's literally exactly what you just described." Yeah, and also all the characters are like Sesame Street puppets for some reason. Yeah. Josh McKenzie is five dollars. Says, "Do you ever write out of order depending on the ideas you have versus writing each chapter sequentially?" Side note. S-W-O-T-O-R have great audiobooks. What's that? Is that a Star Wars thing? Yeah, Star Wars uh, uh, The Old Republic. Order of the Old Republic, maybe. Okay. Um, I usually write sequentially. Every like Once or twice it's happened that I haven't really been sure what's going to happen next, but I know what's going to happen further down the line, so I'll just pick up from there and then go back mm -hmm. to fill in this space once everything else is done, but that doesn't happen very often. There you go. Uh, BS Marsh gives $2 and says, I just beat all the bell ring hunters. Have some dollars. Thank you very much, BS Marsh. BS yeah, Marsh has spamming donated. those Adventurers 9 emojis now. BS Marsh has donated so many times immediately after defeating an Elden Ring boss, which I think is wonderful. I guess he thinks it's important. We know. I think it is, I think it is wonderful to track the journey. Rest assured, we know. Uh, Clover and Aeneas, again, comes back and says five, gives $5 and says, Hey, what's one more to round out the day? Cheers, lads. Two clinking beers emoji, moon emoji. Ah, Thank you, Clover and Aeneas. Well, have a nice drink and go to bed. Go to bed? But they, it was, it was $5. They might be in the US. They don't have to go to bed. It's early. Oh, shit. One more just came. Batbrush gives £10. And says, I'm seriously planning to pack in my job and become an indie developer. As an indie dev yourself, are there any early pitfalls in game design that I should watch out for? Dude, I spent like an entire season of Dev Diary laying all this kind of shit out. Re watch all of that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I guess uh, the standard bit of advice, focus on the primary gameplay loop. Make sure it's fun from a second to second level. Don't overreach too early. Just make sure that primary loop's fun and then elaborate on it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, and also uh, definitely check out um, the, uh, the 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 series, which you might be bringing back in some way, shape, or form once your game yeah. gets remastered. Yeah, Starstruck Vagabond is coming along nicely. I've commissioned art for it. Ooh, that's cool. Yes. An artist a lot of you might find familiar, actually. And... Uh, so yeah, that's coming along. It's get, it's entering a sort of latter stage. Is it Banksy? No, Artist? it's not. No, it's not Banksy. Okay. Nev, don't worry about it. Okay, I'm. Well, I'm not going to worry about it. I was just wondering. I thought if I could guess it in one guess, then I would um, 
gain ownership of your game. But I was wrong. So I guess that's the end of the super. Oh, wait, one more. Harry Sun ninety four gives five a dollars and says holdover question from last week. But what was your initial reaction stroke impression to the Cradle from Thief Deadly Shadows? I think it was really cool, but as long as it surprises you, if too much of it is spoiled for you, it will seem a bit lame. What's the Cradle? It's like the token horror level in Thief 3. Oh, gotcha. And it's pretty well like, done. But if it, like zombies? Sort of, yeah. Okay. It's more sort of ghosts than zombies. Ooh, that sounds neat. Matthew Adkins gives $5 and says, So close to 30. Also, don't step on me. I'm not into that. Or am I? Dun, dun, dun. Well, we did get pretty close to 30%, but we're only at 29.49%, so Listen, I guess you couldn't make it. I guess you ultimately said... you disappointed us, and you certainly aren't going to post enough Super Chats to make up 30% in whatever time we have left. You certainly aren't going to do that. You said 30% today, and we still have two full streams today. Don't tell them that. They're going to do it now. We don't have any more streams today. This is it. Oh, oh well, here comes some more. Meister Kleister Heist Air gives two euros and says, Best Half-Life mod? Uh, uh, Poker 646. I don't know. What, uh, what, Snake what, in... what was that? What was Poker 646? Poker 646. It was a Half-Life mod. Was it about poker? Were you playing poker? The no, cards? it was named after uh, something you typed in on the Commodore 64. Ah, forget it. Uh, Snake in the Garden gives two dollars, two euros rather, and says, "Will you visit Red Letter Media in Milwaukee Yards?" Well, if you count Jack as part of Red Letter Media, then yes. Otherwise, yeah. probably not. Did you know, in order to get into their office, you have to go to the the bronze fawn statue and pull its arm, and then a little trapdoor opens up. Ooh, is it like Uncharted? It is. It's exactly. You have to, like you have to follow the trails to the Red Letter Media office, and then uh, yeah. get into a gunfight with some goons in a arena full of chest high walls. Yeah, easy peasy. Uh, Clover and Aeneas again gives $2 and says 29.5%. Well, 29.57 as it happens now. And uh, Mr. Black Darkness 666 gives two euros and says, Did you know Yahtzee is also a game with dice? I played and Yahtzee then, this weekend. And finally, Jumbly Wobbly gives 70,000 CRCs. What's the matter, Marty? Are you upset that this always works? Are you are you upset that this shaming tactic I always use always works so beautifully well? I am. Who says, you forget yourself, sir, for shame runs in my veins. You cannot add or subtract. Also nice videos you do. Thanks very much, Jumbly Wobbly. You poor, poor sucker. Well, uh, now we're up to 31.11% and my job here is done. Uh, I'll just say thanks for watching us throat listing to slightly something else. We we do appreciate all the super chats, and we'll be thinking of you as we drink lots of Milwaukee beers next spring. I was Yahtzee um, Crucial, and I was joined by Marty Sleever, as usual. So, lots coming up today. Later <clears> on, <throat> we've got a stream of Domekeeper, you said? Yes, Domequeefer. Uh, I literally almost said Domequeefer. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't stream later. Domekeeper with uh, Jack and I in uh, two hours at 3.30. And then at uh, 6 p.m. Central, um, the normal time, is Hidden Gems. And they are playing a game called Solstice, which is like a new uh, spectacle fighter. I noticed the word soul is in the title. 
Yeah, I think the soul is is misleading because I think okay. it is more like a a, a, a bayonetta. Because there have been a lot of souls likes that have very cheekily just put the word soul in there. Yeah, you don't need to do that. You can put other words in your games. It's fine. Um, um, yeah, and then tomorrow I uh, oh, come that, back for three. What was that game earlier in the year that came out just after Neon White that was called Neon Blight? Yeah, what that was? What was going on there? Was Jesus. that intentional? I like to think they were working on that for a while, but then Neon White came out and got some buzz, and they thought, "Shit, we've got to ride on that," and just sort of yeah. hastily changed the title of the game. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Nonsense. Pure nonsense. Oh, also uh, we got one last. Uh, oh yes, yes. Memo Memo Fifty One X gives one thousand CLPs, whatever the fuck they are. To say, oh, do you recommend Planescape Torment? If I like Disco Elysium. Uh, I never really liked Planescape Torment. I could never really get into that the way I could get into Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium is uh, just like so well written. Yeah, I actually, I actually did. I, I, I had never finished it, but I did play quite a bit of Disco Elysium um, at one point. I guess if you're looking for, well, no, what was the game you mentioned that that had its writing similar to Disco Citizen Elysium? Really? Citizen Sleeper was. Maybe check I out mentioned. that one. It's newer. It's probably cheaper. I think it's on Game Pass. Check it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, check that out. Okay, uh, for the rest of the week, what we got? Well, on Wednesday, we've got Zero Punctuation on the post-CP stream, which this week will be on the subject of Scorn. Actually reviewing shit on time for once. That's what happens when they get the review codes in early. So look forward to that. I got a lot to say about that game. Yeah, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to hear your review. And it is not a boomer shooter or a Jiminy Cockthroat. So interesting things to say about. I, for one, cannot believe you reviewed a game that isn't a boomer shooter. There you go. Impossible. Yeah. yeah. Sorry that I did Proteus, or if you want to complain. Oh, oh, he just wanted to review a game that he liked because he was lazy. Uh-huh. Sorry. Um, yes, what else? Uh, Thursday, I've got a extra punctuation dropping on YouTube that came out last week. Do I? No, uh, no got a new one coming out on. Yeah, new one. Yes. No, no, no. You have you have uh, the Monkey Island one is coming to everyone. Yes. 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 It's so hard to keep track sometimes. Agreed. And uh, on Saturday, actually, I think it's Saturday or is it Sunday? Yes, on Saturday, I will be uh, joining everyone else for the game night stream. We will be playing yeah. some Phasmophobia. I haven't done that yeah, in a Saturday while because I haven't done that in a while because I hate abandoning my wife to having to look after our infant children by herself on weekends i thought you were just gonna say i hate my coworkers, but i gave her enough notice this time great yeah saturday is a big streaming day because uh right before phasmo nick and i are going to be doing our big persona stream from 10 a.m to 6 p.m oh blow me and then immediately going right into phasmo how how does he do it that's nick it's the pee hole stuff ah uh, yeah of course yeah uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I got oh, we got three, three more, more super chats. chats as it happens. Cracker Tom gives two pounds and says, How long can you extend the stream with super chats? Well, let's We're find out, right Cracker Tom. Andrew Hickenbottom gives two pounds and says, Sorry, as you should be. And Dimitri gives five Canadian dollars and says, And how long until it pisses them off into shaming us further? Well, frankly, at this point, I'm jaded. And now I'm probably just going to wrap things up. Okay, that's it. Bye. Bye, everyone. Come Bye, everyone. We'll see you on Wednesday. Bye. Here's Toffee waving his little paw. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. No more Super Chats. Bye. <laughs>